Welcome to a Wiser Retirement Podcast. Before we get started with the episode, I wanted to let you know about a new free ebook available on our website. This ebook goes over the top reasons most financial plans fail and covers what a quality financial plan should consist of. The link to download Top Reasons Most Financial Plans Fail is listed in the episode notes. Now on to today's episode. Welcome to a Wise Retirement Podcast, where we believe the best financial advice should always be conflict-free. I'm your host, Casey Smith, guiding you to financial freedom is my co-host, Brad Lyons. Hey, Brad. Hi, Casey. Man, so uh, before we get started, I, I did an interview this week with uh, Randy Hargett. Uh, Randy uh, is really our sole referral for life insurance, and I just wanted to talk to him about, um, you know, financial success is intentional, and how how does that apply to life insurance? And... Uh, I thought he had some interesting uh, updates on on long term care markets and and uh, just you know what is a term policy, what is a whole life policy, things we talked about in the podcast in the past. But I thought it'd be good to kind of refresh that for our, for our listeners. Um, <laughs> but man, I, I saw this. I thought about you. I, 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 maybe we talked about this yesterday. Um, so there's there's a political uh, commentator out there. Um, his name is Matthew Iglesias. Um, they say he's an American blogger journalist who writes about economics and politics, right? Interesting now, combination. All of a sudden, he's only a political blogger. He's not a, a, a economics blogger at all because here's a guy who's supposed to know all the things about finance, right? Because if you write about the economy, you should know it. Well, he got he got basis points in percentage mixed up. So he's he was saying the Fed has increased interest rates by like twenty five percent in a bond article he was writing uh and um the fed didn't doesn't increase by 25 percent. that'd be huge right yeah, it be. It, it's 0. 0.25 20 25 basis points now our listeners were going i don't know what the difference is either and so i i, I did a video that's for okay you if they don't know because yeah. they're not doing to be experts yes that's yeah. true well yeah. i have two points one don't feel bad if you don't know because i didn't know either i was in college but <laughs> i figured it out um had was a guest speaker one time and 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 I was like, I don't know what he's talking a foreign language. But if you if you go down to the podcast in the um, in the uh, uh, note section, um, there's a link in there. Hadley's put a link in there for you. You can click on that. I did a little short video on what is a basis point versus a percent. So I won't waste our time on the podcast doing that. But uh, but it just tells me that you have to be careful believing everything that you read because here's a person who's supposed to be an expert on the economy writing a, a financial related article who got the two confused. And what's interesting that his, in his defense, he says, Oh, well, my writing partner, who's also named Matt found the error in this. And I just never hit submit on the correction. I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but it, you know, with my aviation background, I see the same thing. The plane crashes, they interview oh, a, a, an aviation expert about the, uh, the plane and it's all wrong. And you're like, everything you just said is wrong. Or they, you know, they say the 737, you know, and they're showing a picture of a Boeing 777. You're like, that's not even the same plane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, so when you know a lot about something, and then you, you read these journalist articles and how off they all are. But I don't know anything about a lot of things. And so I read the articles to learn, and I'm assuming that what I'm reading is right. The, uh, that's the point. I want to, the, the assumption that you believe that it to be correct, because the the in in journalism there's there's editing, or writing and editing right. and publishing, 
The internet has made combine those two things together where the writer edits themselves and publishes all at the same time. Right. There's nobody checking no. this stuff whatsoever. <laughs> no. But we read it because, and we think that, you know, it's it's accurate. And, and the fact Because when you read the Wall Street Journal, there's, there's writing, there's editing, and then there's publishing all at the same time. Right. So you presume that there's some accuracy. And when it's not, they'll post that they made a mistake. You see that right. little section in, in all the newspapers. But in on the internet... That doesn't even exist. It's all no. self-publishing, you know. No, and this this guy's this guy's big. I I'd, I'd never heard of him. I, he's uh, no. a little more left-leaning um, than I'd probably be reading about finance, especially. But um, I just I, it's something that popped up in the CNBC news feed, and I was like, huh, that's weird. Uh, I didn't think that much about it until I was listening to the All In podcast, uh, and and that's a great podcast, by the way. If you if you want to listen to um, five uh, different billionaires uh, talk about um, jet setting to wherever to meet each other for lunch and do this podcast. <laughs> it is like the number one rated pod business podcast, I think right now. Um, but it, it, the bottom line is that when I heard it there and I was like, oh, okay, I'll throw this out on our podcast too, I guess. But ultimately um, don't believe everything you read. Yeah. That's, that's really what it yeah. all, that's what it comes down to. And in separate news, uh, ESG is blowing up, but we predicted that a long time ago. And we, did. And we were all over that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah we, we saw it coming. You have these states now mandating that they divest their public funds of and ESG. ESG. And yeah, uh, what a mess. You know, it, I remember talking to advisors when all this first rolled out, investing in only environmentally, social, um, uh, governance-focused uh, um, uh, companies. And I, I was just like, yeah, uh, no, that's that's not something we need to participate in. Just wisdom just tells you that. Um, but it's amazing how many advisors just do whatever it is they're supposed to be doing to win a client or to make them seem like they have the secret sauce and there is no secret sauce. It's, it, it's about perseverance. It's about having a plan, executing a plan. That's not a secret. No, we, it's on our broad podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. Here's our interview with uh, Randy Hargett. Um, if you need uh, life insurance needs, uh, listen to him at the end of the podcast. He talks about how to connect with him directly, or you can always reach out to us. Uh, he does not upsell anything. Uh, trust him with all of our clients. He's been a great resource for us over the years. I uh, hope you enjoyed the interview, and uh, we'll see you next time. Hey, I'm here today with uh, Randy. Randy, hi, Randy. How you doing, Casey? Doing good. It's always good to see you. Um, for those listeners or, or who aren't clients, uh, you know, we use, we've been using Randy for how many years now? Randy, are we like five years in? I think it's five or six years now. It's been time so flies we, when you're having fun. We met Randy through the Dave Ramsey network. He is, um, and uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do with Dave and his team? Okay. Well, I am a Ramsey trusted advisor for long-term care. Actually, I cover the whole state of states of Georgia, Alabama, and Mississippi for long-term care insurance for the Dave Ramsey fans. And uh, that is how you and I got connected when you went on there to see who would, who would call you. <laughs> and it was me. That's right. That's right. Well, the, um, the reason why we trust you so much is, you know, in our planning process, we're able to say, Hey, Mr. And Mrs. Client, you need to have this type of life insurance, or you need to have this type of long-term care policy. And you, you kind of take that and run with it. You educate them, uh, you get all the quotes, you do all these things for them. And, real, and we really appreciate that. And, and most importantly, yours and your integrity. Uh, there's a lot of people in your industry that always try to upsell. 
And uh, I always tell our clients is like, well, I'm sending to a guy. He's not in Georgia, <laughs> but he's not gonna he's not gonna try to sell you a Cadillac when all you need is a uh, a Toyota, right? <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> well, our our theme this quarter uh, has been financial success is intentional, and so I thought about insurance, and then you, and you know, when we think about uh, being intentional with our finances. It also is, an, is protecting our family. And I, I don't know that we've ever had any clients that said, yeah, I don't want insurance. I know that there's conversations um, that may, people may have with their own family members or something, but typically wealth management clients are, are concerned about the downside as well as the upside. Um, but if you think about a situation where you suddenly pass away and you're on a great, great trajectory and all of a sudden all the hopes and dreams are gone and maybe the parent, you know, your wife or spouse has to move out of the house because the downsize and they have to sell the car and the kids can't go to the same college or schools anymore. Uh, there's ways to, to make sure that your legacy keeps going, even though you didn't make it to the finish line. Exactly. Right. That's exactly right. And of course, life insurance, um, is a little bit different animal. You know, health insurance is one of those kinds of insurances that you need for all of your life. And uh, when you turn 65, you'll get Medicare. And so it kind of is, is a stable thing. But life insurance, and people need to really think about life insurance a lot in the same vein that they think about other insurance products that they have. For example, your auto insurance, it changes every time you change cars. That's right. Your homeowner insurance changes every time you change houses. And every time in a life event happens or in a season of life, when a season changes, life insurance needs and in, they evolve over time. And, and because of that, at every season, every time there's a need, there is a need for a, another evaluation of trying to zero in on how much insurance that you might need. And um, everything you talked about is important, but when it comes to life insurance, there's really two types. There's term life insurance and permanent life insurance. And there's one called universal life that's kind of in the middle, but we'll focus on these two. Um, term life insurance is, you might put it this way. And if, if anybody's taking notes, you can write down, if I die. <laughs> right. Okay. If I die, if I died in this time frame, what would happen? Make the evaluation. Does the mortgage need to be paid off? Do I need to make sure that my children or my grandchildren's college education is taken care of if I die? And so that you could put that into different seasons of life. You know, early in life, I had a 10-year term policy that was just going to take care of my wife and children if I died. Right. Well, when I was in my mid-40s, I put in a 30-year life, a term life policy that was going to take care of them if I died based on what needs were for their income, because we already got the kids out of college and everything and all that's yeah. the house is paid for. So that's taken care of. So term life is if I die. Now, permanent life insurance goes into a completely different category. And you could just use the three words when I die. Right. Okay. And there's where you want to, you're probably talking about a lot of other types of reasons a family might look at permanent life insurance. It might be for income protection. It might be, you know, if somebody has children and they need, need to get them out of the college, out of college, they would do uh, the if I die, the term life insurance. But if somebody has a special needs child, 
And that need is going to go beyond their life. It's going to be a when I die situation to take care of their child. Uh, there may be a family that has a tremendous interest in, in helping people that need help. And so somebody that wants to leave charity to their favorite charitable organization might want to look at a permanent life insurance policy for that kind of thing. If there are going to be some significant inheritance taxes, which not, doesn't affect a lot of people, not uh, anymore, permanent, yeah. permanent life insurance would fit there as well. And mm -hmm. so that's just a big 30,000 foot view of life insurance and what it can do. Um, and it's a replacement. It's a replacement of income too in your early years because you're not going to have that income anymore. Absolutely. In retirement is not as much. It could be in certain scenarios uh, needed for replacement of income, but most people in retirement aren't going to carry life insurance because you're you're self-insured uh, if your term strategy <laughs> went well. Otherwise, you probably should have bought that permanent policy, I guess. You know, another another thing I keep seeing, Randy, we kind of laugh about this. We go through seasons here. But if you married someone that's like seven to 10 years younger than you, we find that a permanent life insurance policy really should have been purchased probably shortly after, after the marriage date. <laughs> that's right. It's that's really right. hard for us to complete a plan because you end up having to live off the same portfolio for nearly 40 something years, 45 years in some cases. And so a, a permanent policy, uh, if you win, huh, when you pass away, would then replenish your spouse's uh, bank account to help them get through the last 10, 15 years of, of their retirement, right? So, Absolutely. You know, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of, of, you know, whole life, universal whole life, uh, when you, especially when you're younger, because you really, it's so expensive compared to just investing that money and using life insurance for what it's supposed to be used for. So many salesmen, try to say whole life is an investment and it's not really an investment at all. <laughs> no, it's a drain on it's your investments. <laughs> it's not. And I, I would, I would like to interject here because yeah. a lot of people, a lot of people have a need for permanent life insurance for a death benefit. Mm -hmm. And if, if that is all that is needed, there is a category of life insurance in between permanent and term that's called universal life. Yep. And I've had a lot of our clients be very successful with that. Uh, the difference between universal and whole is that the, the permanent whole life insurance builds a cash value, which is why they tell you it can be used as an investment, but <laughs> right. it is not a good investment right. for, for building wealth. Yep. But if you need it for income replacement or family protection, uh, a universal life product will do that. It's, it's, a, it's a hybrid of a term policy. Yep. It's just that you get to pick the term. And you can right. pick it all the way out to age 120. Yes. And um, it does build be, cash value. And it's a lot less expensive to purchase than the permanent. You also have to be careful, though, that you take it out far enough. My own grandmother had one that just about just caved in on itself um, before she passed away. Uh, so you do have to be careful. I, I, I think maybe a lot of those problems have been resolved with the newer policies. Um, well, what 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 it is is people want the they want the insurance, and you can get a different price on a universal product if you price it to age eighty five. Yeah, but it right. won't go beyond eighty five, and it won't it won't fulfill the intention. 
Right. Uh, typically, we don't go any lower than 105 or 100, age 110. To make, to make sure they get the way through. To make sure they're going to, when they die, that it's there. <laughs> right. Exactly. You know, and then another way insurance plays in is really more in your wheelhouse, which is the the long-term care. Um, have there have there been any major changes on that front in the last couple of years? Um, well, I know everyone everyone goes, oh, it's so expensive because they hear from their friends it's so expensive, but it's not always terribly expensive. It is not when it's designed properly. It's not. Um, long-term care insurance is under the life insurance umbrella of insurance products, so it's governed by the same regulations. And um, there's actually a lot more choices in the long-term care marketplace today than most people think and um you know our philosophy and we this is part of our philosophy working with dave ramsey and his fans is that you don't need to buy too much of long-term care insurance uh, unless you have more than seven figures of an asset base and you need catastrophic protection there right. are some things to look at there but for a typical family um, you don't need to purchase a long-term care policy that's going to pay the full cost of a nursing home because you're going to have income streams coming in. Even if you're laying in a nursing home, your income's still right. coming in every month. And so social security, pensions, pension, whatever. So simply put what we, what we say is that we don't want to design a plan to pay for everything. We want to design a plan that will be substantial enough to make a difference for our family. Yeah. Uh, within the past three months, we've had to file a claim on my mother's long-term care policy. Oh, um, she had Parkinson's, she has Parkinson's diagnosis about three years ago, and that's, that's progressive. Everything mm -hmm. about long-term care, you can kind of see it coming on. And a year ago, she couldn't button her blouse or tie her shoes. And mm -hmm. about four months ago, she got to the point where she couldn't cut her food up. Yeah. And so... And she needed help getting into and out of the shower. And so all of a sudden she had three activities of daily living that she needed. She was dependent upon somebody else to help her for. And so right. uh, we have initiated her claim and it is absolutely marvelous to be able to have somebody to come in and help my dad. It was actually killing him having to do all of this Caregiver, for her. And like so in front of that for sure. That's exactly right. And so we've had both situations happen in my family in the past year. My father-in-law had been sick for a while. They did not have long-term care insurance. And it was it was really a nightmare for the family to work together to try to do all of that, to take care of him. And um, yeah. they put him in a nursing home and within about six weeks, he passed away. So, you know, what we're seeing is that there's a different way. And I, I, I tell all of our clients this, Casey, um, once you understand, and we spend most of our time when it comes to long-term care in the educational role, um, because most people, once they know how homeowner's insurance works, they can decide what they want in their policy. Right. And it's the same way with long-term care insurance. And um, I can say this in 20 years of being specialized in long-term care, we, um, we've not found anybody who could not find a place that they could afford it might not have been what they wanted. My parents wanted 5,000 a month in their policy to pay for <laughs> right. all this stuff, but they didn't want to pay that premium. Right. So they bought policies that would pay about 3,000 a month. Now, right now, do you think that we're glad that they got 3,000 a month that yeah. we can use to help care for them? Absolutely. And so right. um, you can find a place that you can afford. And, you know, just like life insurance, like the timing of purchasing 
any kind of life insurance umbrella product is critical. Uh, you cannot buy any of these insurance products unless you're healthy enough to qualify for them. And that's my worst day on the job for life insurance or for long-term care insurance is when somebody's waited so long that they can't qualify for it. And so basically, just like life insurance has these seasons of life where you need to protect your family for this amount of time if I die or I want my family to be able to do this when I die, which would go to a permanent policy. Long-term care insurance, and there's a huge debate about there about when somebody should purchase long-term right. care protection. Right. Uh, ten, 10 years ago, our average age was 62. Okay, which is probably, I would say, later than you'd want to. Last year in 2022, our average age was 53. Oh, Wow. And uh, with the, within the Dave Ramsey world, what we're finding is that more and more people are starting to work on his baby steps mm -hmm. earlier in life. And so we're seeing lots of folks in their mid-40s that have a pretty substantial nest egg. And so there's three roads that cross. And when those three roads cross and intersect, somebody should look at long-term care. Number one, do you have a nest egg that's worth protecting? Mm -hmm. Number two, are you healthy enough to qualify for it? And number three, are you at a point in life where you're ready to budget for this? And there, I'll give you a good example. We had a couple uh, a few weeks ago that were, they had the nest egg, they were healthy enough to qualify, but they still had two kids in college. And so yeah. it wasn't the right timing to budget for it. Another couple the same age had the nest egg and they were healthy enough and their kids had just graduated from college. And so they were ready to put this protection in place. And so it is different for everybody and it's not a one size fits all type of thing, but timing is critical on both life insurance and long-term care insurance. And it's something that you have to purchase when you have, when you have the right amount of cash flow, especially these hybrid policies that are paid up. Um, you got to have the right cash flow to be able to, 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 to bankroll those payments for 10 years or, or 20 years. Um, so thinking ahead on that, you know, I had I had someone recently asked me about getting long-term care insurance. They were in their uh, mid thirties. And I said, well, it's awfully early. She says, no, my mom is in care right now uh, with early onsets of Alzheimer's, which I've never heard of anyone. I've heard 60. I've never heard anyone in their fifties with Alzheimer's. I know that it exists. But is there a minimum age at which um, you can qualify? Most, there are some policies that will go down to you can write somebody as at age 18. Oh, um, wow. That most seems, of the policies are like 30 or 35. Yeah. Um, and, and that young lady or whoever you were talking to is smarter than she knows because what's happening now in – underwriting for both life insurance and for long-term care insurance mm -hmm. is not only are they asking questions about family history and that becomes a part of whether they'll approve you or not. Yeah. But if, if you have right now in long-term care, there's, I would say all but two of the companies that are out there. If you have both parents, both mother and father that had a cognitive disease. Yeah. You cannot get long-term care insurance. Wow. And so now what you're having to do is to buy the insurance before both of them would get that diagnosis. Right. So it is pushing the age younger and younger. Um, so again, it, to me, it, if she's in her thirties, it all depends on those three questions. Does she have an nest egg? Right. Can she get it? And she, can she afford to put that in her budget? Right. And, um, 
if so, then there would not be any reason to not look at that because even some of the hybrid plans now, you talk about changes in the market. Mm-hmm. Some of the hybrid plans now have changed to where you can you don't have to have a lump sum. You don't have to have large resources to purchase those. You can actually buy those on an annual basis, just like you buy a life insurance policy. Oh wow! And so, what's the I guess the benefit of that is if you don't use it, then basically you're getting your premiums back. That's exactly right, or more, or more. Yeah. So for those who don't know what that is, it's basically a life insurance policy that that acts like, um, or I'm sorry, it's a it's a long term care policy that that looks a lot like a life insurance policy. It's built on a it's built on a life insurance uh, chassis. Yeah, life insurance chassis. It's like an SUV built on a truck uh, on a truck chassis, right? Yep, that's <laughs> but right. The, the idea is that that um, you know, a tr- like traditional long term care, you're paying the premiums. If you don't use it, you lose it. Kind of like. Uh, term insurance if you didn't die and, home, and homeowner's insurance and homeowner's <laughs> insurance that's right if the house didn't burn down you never used it or the pipes didn't burst but uh with a hybrid policy which is is one of my favorites if, it, if it's affordable for a family uh if you don't use the policy uh there's a death benefit and that death benefit typically is a little bit higher than what um uh what the uh premiums paid in were depending on absolutely how, how you structure that so that's a uh that's a, that's a that's always my first choice it just for some people it's it, it can be expensive and that's uh, the only difference between people that buy the traditional and the hybrid is that they can afford to buy the hybrid and, yeah um, yeah on the can it makes a lot of sense but isn't there a return of premium now on on uh, uh the traditional long-term care policies in most of the policies it is a rider that can be added but it adds about 40 percent to the cost so it makes really it cost, no reason. yeah yeah Okay. Well, Randy, thank you for your time today. As, as always, I'll learn something every time we talk and uh, what uh, if people want to reach out to you directly, how would they do that? Well, um, they can reach out to me. Um, Our toll-free number is 1-866-582-4669. They can get me at Randy at ltcstep.com. Like the baby steps with Dave Ramsey, this is the LTC step. Long-term care Randy, steps. Randy at ltcstep.com. Okay. All right, Randy, thanks again. Thank you, Casey. Y'all have a blessed evening. Thanks for listening to a Wiser Retirement Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Make sure to subscribe wherever you're listening. That way you don't miss any new episodes. We would also appreciate if you could leave a rating and review. If you have any questions about anything that was discussed today, head to wiserinvestor.com and reach out. We would love to hear from you. This episode was produced and edited by Lilton Moore. This podcast is strictly for informational purposes only and is not to be considered as investment advice or solicitation to buy or sell any financial products, securities, digital assets, or any other investment vehicles or a basis to make any financial decisions. Wiser Wealth Management Incorporated is a registered investment advisor with the SEC. The host and or guest may personally own securities, digital assets, or other investment vehicles mentioned on this podcast. Neither the host nor guest of the show are compensated for their participation and no referral fees are paid to or received by any host or guest for clients, listeners, or similar interests. Investments involve risk, and unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor, tax professional, insurance professional, and or legal professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.